Our reading this morning is John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, page 1065 in your Bibles, page 1065, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God is not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell from where it comes. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I'm always a little nervous with the pool of water behind me. I will endeavor to stay towards the front of the platform. Can I say a, a, a huge hello to you? And um, particularly if you're here as uh, friends or family of those getting baptized, it's really lovely to have you here. My name's Ed. I'm the lead pastor here. Oh, in Grosvenor. Oh, I need to turn this one on, don't I? Um, um, I would love you to pick up your Bibles again and go back to page 10... Uh, 65, please. Um, Really, because what I'm going to say in the next little while, I want you to check that it's coming from the Bible. So it's what God says rather than what Ed says. Um, So please do open up uh, John chapter 3, page 1065, and have that in front of you. And I'm going to ask for God's help as we come and look at his word together. Let me pray. A gracious God and Father, we thank you that you're a God who has not left us in the dark about who you are or what you've done or what you want of us. And we thank you that you have spoken through your word. Most of all, you have spoken through your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that as we come and we hear from him this morning, that you would help us to hear what you truly want us to say and respond in the way you want us to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think if all the Sunday Club children were in, I might get a few more hands for this. But can you stick a hand in the air if you've heard of Minecraft? Oh, yeah, that's a good number. Okay, keep, put your hand in the air if you've played it. Oh, right, that's quite a good number. Excellent. So for those of you who don't know, it's a video game, all right? 
when, in Minecraft, when you die, you have an option to respawn, to start all over again. And so you can just play it endlessly. That's what my kids like doing. It's only a game though, isn't it? What about life? Do you wish you could start all over again? Maybe because, well, you, you got in trouble at school this week or, or you lost all those savings in that moment a, a couple of years back. Or actually, it's because you fell out with that person. Or that decision that you made back then that you're still living through the consequences of now. Do you wish life was different? Do you wish you could start all over again? We can't, can we? And yet, that is exactly what Jesus tells Nicodemus he must do in this passage. So here, as Jesus and Nicodemus have this conversation, the passage is about how to enter the kingdom of God. And, well, you know, if there is a God, if there is life after this life, then surely this is what's important questions. How do you enter the kingdom of God? And if anyone has got it right, surely it's Nicodemus. Look at verse 1, the beginning of chapter 3. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. You see, Nicodemus was very religious. He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were a group of people who were really obsessed about getting things right and of people seeing that they were getting things right. He was very religious. He was also respected. He had authority. He was a member of the, ru the ruling party of the Jews, the ruling council. And yet, he's not unpleasant like sometimes the Pharisees are. In fact, he's very respectful as he comes up to Jesus. Look at verse 2. Here he comes to this field preacher who's been causing a, store, a stir in Jerusalem. He's been um, teaching things and doing miracles. And he says to him, he came to Jesus, verse 2, at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God was not with him. Nicodemus recognizes Jesus is probably from God. Actually, the claim of this gospel that we're reading, John's gospel, written by one of the disciples of Jesus, is that Jesus is so much more than that. That actually he is the Son of God, sent from God, and so he really is the one who knows the answers to these kinds of questions. Maybe you're here this morning and you're unconvinced about Christianity or parts of it. Can I um, really encourage you, why not have a read of John's gospel, of this account of Jesus' life, and see what you make of him? Read the first-hand evidence. Um, I'll make sure there's a few um, free John's gospels here on this table afterwards, and a few other resources that you can take if you'd like. Nicodemus, intelligent, capable, polite, and yet Jesus' response is devastating to this moral man. Verse 3, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, 
No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Jesus, Jesus looks at him at Nicodemus and he says, no one, no one at all, not even you, can enter the kingdom of God, can have eternal life, can go to heaven unless they are born again. Now, I wonder when you hear that phrase, born again, what does it make you think of? I mean, it's got really bad PR, this phrase. And uh, goodness me, it's been used and misused by all sorts of groups. It's interesting that actually this phrase, born again, it's, well, we might think of an unthinking fanatic or, or a cult or some extreme version of Christianity. We might say, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one of those born-again types. Look at this. It's not a new idea. It's not something that came from America in the last century. It came from the first century, from the lips of Jesus himself. And Jesus couldn't be clearer. He, he says, born-again is not extreme. It's not optional. It's essential. So he says to Nicodemus, verse 3, no one will see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Or verse 5, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. Or verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus couldn't be any clearer, could he? Jesus was saying, you cannot be a Christian unless you are born again. I mean, goodness me, what a shock that was to Nicodemus, to religious Nicodemus. Religion was not enough. Going to church, saying prayers, giving is not enough. Effort is not enough. Caring for the poor, uh, cleaning up our life, being kind to the elderly is not enough. A shock to Nicodemus, goodness me, isn't it a shock to us? I mean, some of us, well, we, we know that we would love to start again, that we need to start again. We're so aware of our failings, of maybe the hurt that we've caused. But I think for many, many in, in Ireland think, you know, if there is a God, well, he'll accept me. He's the kind of person, I'm the kind of person he'd want. But if moral, religious Nicodemus needs to be born again, so do we. That's what Jesus says. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless. Turning over a new leaf is not enough. Um, when I was in my 20s, virtually every morning, I would have a fried egg and two rashers for breakfast. And I had this... Day on day, week, week after week, month after month, year after year, until Andy, a friend of mine who was training to be a doctor at the time, said, Ed, you need to stop. If you don't stop, you're going to have a heart attack early and die, and you're going to leave Miriam a widow. And um, so I was a little shocked by this. I've told Andy, I've chatted to Andy about this more recently, and he has no recollection of this conversation. But he really did say it. And I turned over a new leaf. And it's not that I don't have a fry from time to time, but it's not every day anymore. A new leaf, and I'm still alive today. Isn't that wonderful? But Jesus says that changing like that is not enough. 
We need not a new leaf, but a new life. We need not just to sort of do away with a few things or, or a few um, things that are bad or wh- whatever. We need a whole new heart because, well, we've chosen to live in God's world our own way. That's what the Bible means when it talks about sin. It's when we won't let God be God in our lives. Now, some of us do that, obviously, some more subtle. You know, we, well, we do our bit for him on Sundays. Or we want him when we need something from him. But the rest of the time, well, we decide really what is right and wrong. Or how to treat others or what to do with our time or, or our life or this world. And the Bible says the consequences for treating God like that is really serious. It's spiritual death which means no relationship with God, no hope, no place in the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus says what he says in verse 7, you must be born again. But how can we? I mean, what does this mean? I mean, Nicodemus here is sort of thinking about going back into his mother's womb. He's thinking physically, he just cannot get his head around it, can he? So verse 4 How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. But Jesus isn't talking about physically. He doesn't mean physically. He doesn't even mean try harder. You know, like a school report. You know how today uh, teachers, I mean, Daisy's getting baptized today. She's a teacher. She'll know this. They're not allowed right sort of stuff in the reports that is sort of negative. So they write things like this, you know, they've got an innovative approach to maths, which means they're really no good at it, Um, or a creative imagination, which means it's hard to get the truth out of them, or I like this one, a lively contributor. Do you know what that means? They won't shut up. In my day, they were way, way more blunt. You know, it would say things like this, Ed could do better, he needs to try his hardest, our worry is that he already has. Jesus' report for Nicodemus says he needs not moral reform, but to be born again. Not a new leaf, but a new life. Susan, Daisy, Tori, Tracy. I know where three of you are. I can't find Tracy. Where is she? Oh, there you are. (laughs) Um, They've asked to be baptized, and later on we're going to baptize them. It's not because they think they are good enough to get into the kingdom of God. None of us are. It's because they've all recognized that they need not a new leaf, but a new life. And that they didn't get it by trying harder, but it's something that God did, a miracle, as He gives spiritual life. That's what Jesus is talking about in verses 5 to 8. So have a look at verse 5. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. It's a funny phrase, isn't it? But actually, it's what God had promised 600 years before through the prophet Ezekiel. Listen to this promise that, that he'd made. He said, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities 
and all your idols, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. It was a promise of cleansing, not not outwardly, but deep down from all the impurities, from sin and all its consequences, so that we really can start again. And a promise of new life, life back with God again, a new heart that grows in love for God, a new life, the life that we were made for, that we start now and fully experience in the future in the kingdom of God. How do we get it? Well, look at what Jesus says in verse 6. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. God's spirit gives spiritual life, gives new life again. How do you know if you have this spiritual life given to you? Well, we're told in verse 8, you'll see its results. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You know, when it's a windy day, how do you know? You can't see the wind, can you? You might be able to hear it as you hear it rustling through the trees, or you can see, well, the effects, can't you? You see the effects of the wind. That neighbor's wheelie bin has been knocked over by it, and all their recycling is blowing down the street. You can see the results, and it's the same with spiritual life, the same with the Holy Spirit. We can't see God's Spirit. We certainly can't manipulate Him. He goes wherever He pleases, but we can see the results of new life. In Susan, in Tracy, in Daisy, in Tori, well, the four of you, you know this. You're not perfect, far from it, as I know myself as a Christian. But you are changed. Increasingly, you want what God wants. You, you care for others more and yourself less. You, your, even your situations from the past that maybe you wish you could change, God brings comfort and healing. The results of spiritual life. But there's still a big question. How do we start again? How do we get this gift, this new birth? Well, the answer is by believing in Jesus, putting our life into his hands. Just, if you turn, if you have a look at verse 16 of chapter 3. So this is just moments later in the conversation with Nicodemus. Jesus says this to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Before God gives spiritual life, all of us are spiritually dead. Heading to perish. We deserve eternal death, hell, and yet God loves us so much. He sent Jesus to give his life in our place and to die for our sin. So whoever believes can be forgiven and given eternal life and be born again. 
Jesus says we must be born again. Being baptized here today in this pool in a Baptist church or in any church cannot give us life. Going to church or being good cannot give us life. God offers us this life in Jesus. And we must believe in him. If you have, if you're someone who has taken that choice to put your life into Jesus' hands, well then we should be humble. We're not Christians because we're better, because we've tried harder, because we got a good report. No, God had to give us life. Jesus had to die for our sin. There's no room for arrogance or superiority. And if you're here today and you've not trusted in Jesus, well, you can enter the kingdom of God. You can have life with God now, really, and be with him in his kingdom forever then. But you must believe. You must be born again. I'm going to take a moment just to pray. Let's pause and pray. Almighty God, we want to recognize before you that this is your world. Our lives are a gift from you, and yet we have not lived in your world as we should. We have not lived for you as we should, and yet we praise you that you've not left us without hope. You have given us this chance of new life, of forgiveness, of a future in your kingdom. And you have done it by sending your son to rescue us. And we thank you for that. We pray that you would help us to put our trust and keep our trust in him. In his name, amen.